All right, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. I'm Shivam Putt. I'm Phil DeLuca. And we are Commanderin. Yeah, what a week, right? Yeah, it's a good set, a good time. It is, it really is. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three band topics, religion, politics, and Hearthstone. Now, if you want to help the show out, be sure and visit us on YouTube on our channel and watch our videos to the very end. This helps YouTube pump us up into the rankings, gets us in front of more people who would be more interested in finding our content, and helps us grow our audience. You can also leave us a positive review wherever you get your podcasts and a five-star rating will once again pump us up to the top and help us get before more eyes because we're a really good, really popular podcast that lots of people like, but lots of more people could like, and we would love them to like it. And you know what another way for us to get other people to like our show? If you, our dear listeners, go and tell them. That is the best way you can spread word about Commander Inn, is to tell your friends. Tell your people at your store. Tell the people you don't like. Tell everybody you know that Commander Inn is a show that talks about podcasts, talks about the community, talks about the game, and talks to Wizards of the Coast people for the coolest, hottest interviews that we can get. Shivam, a lot of people don't realize that simply telling your friend is free. It costs nothing to do it. And yet it brings warmth to so many people. It is also one of the most <laughs> powerful ways to spread the word about something. Because people trust their friends. Are you a trustworthy friend? Can you tell your friends about things and they will listen to you? Then you should tell them about us. Now, if you want to actually give us more tangible stuff, you can visit patreon.com forward slash commander in MTG and give us a monthly donation that will help us pay our costs, stay on the air, keep our servers running, and help us bring the best content to you week after week. Even a buck a show is enough to help boost us out of these tiny little hovels that we live in and with these tiny little microphones that we use into the stratosphere of slightly better hovels and microphones. Shivam, I'm I'm testing this gimbal, but what's mounted in the gimbal is an action cam. It's a relatively cheap action cam, but still, it's an action cam. If anybody happens to see this video ever, who knows, they will see what's behind me is actually a closet. And, and I have I have this green sheet hanging up so that it's kind of a faux green screen, and we'll see if I can do things with it. It's just not bright enough in here right now. <laughs> but seriously, people can see this. What I, what I might do just for fun, Shivam, is is upload this so you can see it. So in a way, I'm just talking to you right now. That is funny. Now, if for some reason Patreon doesn't work for you, you can also go to commanderinmtg.com forward slash donations and give us a one-time donation. Those also help. Or continuing. They can subscribe now. Oh, they can give us a continuing donation. That's new. Yes, they can. Here's the thing, friends. We are an entirely listener-supported podcast. We have no sponsors. We have no one assisting us but ourselves. And we are deeply, deeply grateful to each and every one of you who joins us and who supports our show financially, monetarily, or even just by telling other people that we exist. Yeah. 
just chatting with us on Twitter, uh, retweeting our stuff if you do that, just engaging with us on Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram. It helps tremendously. It makes us feel really good about what it is we're doing. So it means we're having an impact. So please do that. And so something our listeners may and viewers may see is I got to clap in order to sync the video with the audio. So let me do a clap to sync it. So ready? Now everybody sees that. Yeah. And we can see that clap on the uh, audio sync. Uh, someday listeners will explain what we just did there if any of you see or hear this. Now, <laughs> one of the reasons that Phil is messing around with these fancy new gimbals and bimbles and videos and whatnot is that we're doing something brand new. We're going to be exploring a brand new venture for Commander in video. We're running a GoFundMe that you can check out by going to GoFundMe.com and searching for Commander and MTG. We're planning to start a whole brand new show that's going to bring you the best in Commander and Brawl content, all sorts of cool guests, and it's going to be really, really awesome, really, really fun, and it's oh, something yeah. that Phil and I have never actually tried to do before, and we are <laughs> super, super excited to bring it to you. It's all new. We're learning it as we go. I'm learning things about the camera as I look at it right now. And all of the cameras we've had to pick up and experiment with and the audio equipment and the, the lavalier mics, which we don't use because as listeners might be able to see or viewers might be able to see, we use these big microphones that are kind of in the field of view here. So lavalier mics are an all new world for us. It's scary. I don't know quite what we're doing yet. Yeah, we're super excited about this. And we appreciate all the support we get because once again, setup costs for these things are pretty high. But... We're really, really excited to just bring you guys something we think is going to be brand new, something that's really exciting. And if nothing else, it'll be a really fun experiment. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Yes, it will. Because I know a lot of people have asked if they can see me play or stream or do whatever. And oh, our yeah. jobs don't really allow us a lot of time to do that. But we no. think this is going to be really, really cool. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as, as, much as we do, frankly. And yeah. uh, we look forward to telling you guys more about uh, what exactly we're doing very, very soon. Yeah. And actually, by the time they see this, we will have recorded it, I think. So mm. it's kind of exciting. We have the first season, if you will, all uh, all the cast members picked out for the first season. We're in the process of assembling decks because, of course, we're going to be playing games. And it's super exciting. And everybody involved in this is very excited. So please, if you want to see this and you want to see it at high quality, please go to GoFundMe.com and search for Commanderin MTG or just Commanderin. And when you search for it, two are going to come up. One is Sean's old GoFundMe from GP Vegas in 2015 or 16 or so. No, 2017. Goodness gracious, I lost track of time. And we're the one with the big C logo. Like, that's the active one. So please donate there. Shivam, we even have tiers of rewards, if you will, where if a person donates, say, I think it's over $100, they get listed as a producer. And uh, if they donate a lot more than that, then uh, I think it's 300 then they can come on the show. We'll invite them on the show. They just have to get to Los Angeles because, uh, surprise, that's where we're filming. Yeah. So, again, that's GoFundMe.com. Look for Commander in MTG. Those should be two words like that. And uh, we're the big C logo. It's pretty good. But in the meantime, 
We have a wonderful oh. show lined up for you. We do. Yeah. In honor of the fact that there's a brand new Ravnica set coming out. Yes, there is. We thought it would take a minute to go back to the olden days of where Ravnica came from and do one of our retro reviews because there's a whole bunch of really amazing cards that came out of the original Ravnica block that are totally worth talking about because, frankly, most of them are even staples in EDH at this point. Yes, they are. I love doing these old school set reviews. I know. They're some of my favorite things because, frankly, the reason I play Commander is to dig through the boxes and find ancient cards that are worth playing again <laughs> and i was super excited to be able to gently encourage phil to walk backwards and look at the original ravnica block today we're going to be talking about the first set in the ravnica block ravnica city of guilds wait 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 gently encourage look man just because i yelled in a lot <laughs> and you suggested <laughs> You said we should have a bunch of these ready to go. And then I was like, hey, why don't we do Ravnica since it's topical? You didn't you didn't have to twist my arm. I was I was on board. <laughs> I'm just saying. I am right. super excited to talk about our old show. Maybe there was some yelling. I I do block these things out when you yell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was that evil Shivam coming out again? Look, man, that card we got, that really just tainted me forever. That really, that was amazing. That card amazing. is so bonkers down. Wow. Yeah, listeners, um, go back go back to our preview card show for Guilds of Ravnica and just listen to Shavim. He's incredible. He goes insane. Mind you, I never play non-creature spells of any kind. Right. But holy crap, that card is just going to like, it just changed me into this yeah. bizarre control player who wants to just yeah. ruin your life. It was, it was evil Shivam. <laughs> it was the most frightening transformation. Like other people I expect that from, but you, <laughs> you, you, you didn't even know blue existed until Monday. Oh man. After that show, all I had were islands. <laughs> <laughs> are, are they misprinted as uh, forests? <laughs> German? Uh, but before we continue though, a word from our sponsors. And our sponsors, of course, are you. Yes, Each week you. we call out three of our Patroni, and we like to thank you guys individually for all the donations you do for us. And this week we have TK, David Saunders, TK. and Daniel Rager. Thanks so much to each and every one of you for donating to our show, and we're grateful for you for helping us keep Commander on the air. Yeah. Thank you, folks. And it's not just the patrons who are being named in this episode, but the patrons who've been with us for a long time. Thank you so much. And remember, new patrons, uh, a lot of new patrons don't realize this, but we do this funny thing, or we ask our patrons to put funny names in their name fields on Patreon, so that every once in a while we will name our top patrons. And as you just saw, we will name our uh, new patrons as well. And if you have a funny name in there, we will read it exactly as it is, even if we have to bleep it, because this is a family-friendly show. So get in on that. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so shall we talk about our main topic, Shivam? Yeah, Phil. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the details of <laughs> the brand new Ravnica City of Guilds? Yes, yes. So traveling back in time, it's Ravnica City of Guilds, and that's the R-A-V three-letter code expansion for magic. It's the first time we ever went to Ravnica, the plane. And by now, it's all so familiar. We know Jace, we know a whole bunch of other people, uh, planeswalkers rather, and of course we know a whole bunch about the lore, and it's basically this plane that's one large city, and it's beautiful. It's tall spires and 
crazy things. But what we don't all remember, what we don't all know in the first place, is that Ravnica was released on October 7th, 2005. I don't even know how long ago that was. That's almost 13 years ago. That was definitely during my interregnum, during my distance away from magic. Me too. I took 17 years off and I came back, but now I'm making up for it. Yeah, um. <laughs> that's the truth, man. Holy crap. The lead designer, much as is the lead, as he is the lead designer for Guilds of Ravnica, was Mark Rosewater, and the lead developer, which was uh, kind of the mechanical balancing lead designer for sets up until recently, was Brian Schneider. Both wonderful gentlemen. It had three hundred six cards. Uh, it's it's useful to know that this is uh, Rosewater's first real block that he ran fully as yes, head designer. Yes, it was. That's right. Like, yeah. he jumped in halfway into the Kamigawa block right before this, but this was the first time that he had done a full block plan from the beginning, and it definitely yeah, showed true. with how amazing this set is. And it is. It's amazing. As you'll see, it it's, has a legacy that's spanned so far 13 years, and it's going to continue. Many of these cards are incredible in various formats, and, uh, well, we'll talk about them. There were 306 cards in the set, 110 commons, 88 uncommons, 88 rares. No mythic rares at this time. They didn't come along for a few sets yet. It featured a couple of classic and now probably well-known mechanics. Iconic, even. Yeah, these are some of these are iconic, like hybrid mana. This is where the mana symbol is split in half and it shows one color and another color on the bottom. And that's the, this is the first time it appeared. It did not exist before Ravnica. Split cards, and they're returning from Invasion and Apocalypse. And for, the, for all of those color combinations, back in the day, we used to just say it was green-white or green-red and so on. Now we have guild names and we all know what Gruul is. Gruul is red and green, right? Azorius is white and blue. And it's because of this set that we know all of that. And each of the guilds, to give them some uniqueness, had keywords slash ability words. It depends, but the difference is uh, minor. But either way, there were four guilds released in this set, actually. And it was Boros, Selesnya, Golgari, and Demir. Boros had Radiance, which is... Probably one of the worst guild mechanics of all time. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's, it's not as bad as Haunt, but it's pretty bad. And what that does is it has an effect, and it affects every permanent of, that shares a color with that. So if you hit a, a gold permanent... It'll affect every permanent of that type or something like it, depending on the card, of those colors. So it's it's pretty... You can get some really neat effects out of, like, there's an enchantment removal in yeah, that. Yeah, but there's a weird wrath that was, like, radiance-based. Yeah. And it's like, okay, target creature and any creature that shares a color with it is destroyed or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a weird and possibly, like, wrecks you wrath deal. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Not good. The uh, Convoke mechanic, which we're seeing again in Guilds of Ravnica, that was originally a Selesnia mechanic. You use your creatures to make a spell less expensive, and that is spicy. That's really good. We'll talk about like the poster child of that effect in, in a few minutes. Dredge, which breaks modern regularly. Um, uh, or at least broke it, and every once in a while they have to ban and unban Golgari Grave Troll and so on. We'll talk about that, but that you just uh, get your card back from the graveyard after you've cast it or it's died. You mill some of your own cards to basically keep the mechanic going. It's instead of drawing a card, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Dredge is one of those mechanics that the first time you read it, it doesn't make any sense to you. It's really confusing. Right. It feels like, why would I throw my stuff away? I don't understand what's going on. And then you see somebody who's good at Dredge play and you're like, oh, oh. 
that's exactly what Richard Garfield intended. Yes. I'm going to play yes. a deck with no mana and just ruin you. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's terrible. And by terrible, I mean oh, so it's, it's amazing. It's one of the most interesting mechanics they've ever made, and it's also broken fully in half. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Transmute, which is sort of the, it's a little used tutor. You spend three mana, and then you go get a card with the same converted mana cost as... Uh, the one that you're transmuting and it's pretty useful i mean in, in the right circumstances like it's it's good for getting a combo piece or some linchpin card and yeah i've seen people use a transmute land to go get packs for instance you can do that you can do some funny and janky things with it and worthwhile so give it a try if you haven't so now let's we we picked some good cards didn't we what we want to talk well about. definitely we picked some of my favorite cards of all time i actually want to start with card number three on this if i may yeah this is Probably one of the best cards in EDH, in my opinion. It's definitely <laughs> the most powerful card. It's definitely one of my favorite cards of Says all time. the nearly exclusive token player. Yeah, we're talking about Doubling Season, the <laughs> greatest enchantment they've ever made. Four in a green, if an effect would put one or more tokens into play under your control, it puts twice that many into play instead. Yeah. But... There's more. <laughs> if an effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, it places twice that many instead. Obviously, there's the, why yes, Shivam, I would like to get two soldiers a turn, thank you. But there's also the, why yes, I would love to have my Planeswalker ultimate on turn two. On turn two. There are many Planeswalkers where you just, because of doubling season, you ultimate instantly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so broken. Look, the card costs a million dollars every time they reprint it because... It is the most important card. It is one of the best cards they've ever made, especially for our format. Oh, yeah. And that does remind me, though, it was reprinted in Battle Bond. Yeah, but I hate that artwork, man. What do you mean? I love the Judge artwork that they had. The second one they did with the doubled snakes that go back and forth. I'm not a fan of the stadium. The stadium doesn't oh, really man. feel doubling season -y to me. Well, but I mean, this plant from Ravnica doesn't really either, but it doesn't matter because this card is just bonkers. You know what doubling season <laughs> does. You know why you have doubling season. And if you don't have doubling season, you definitely have like one of its children, you know, yeah. like all the guys who give you twice as many tokens or twice as many counters. All they right. can't reprint this because Planeswalkers didn't exist at this point, but doubling season. Yep. So uh, we won't go through all of the cards. That was sort of an homage to such a valuable card. Another expensive card that's used in uh, modern a lot is uh, Court of Calling yes, for sir. X and green, green, green. You go get a uh, a creature uh, a, with a converted mana cost of X or less, and oh, by the way, it has Convoke. So uh, mm -hmm. if you're winning, uh, this is definitely a win more card, too. And it's an instant. So on your turn, I'm going to tap all my sapperlings that I just got twice as many of because of doubling season. And then I'm going to summon like Crater Hoof or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's it's miserable. What is it? The uh, Green Sun Zenith is an attempt to fix this. They made it sorcery speed, but oh, you can shuffle it back into your yeah, library. Fix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's still a great card. Now this is uh, this is a card you hadn't seen before. I think because you didn't play a lot of games with Sean. Oh uh, yes, this next one because definitely Court Calling I have in in my modern. Oh game. yeah, but yes, this next card I had never seen until Phil showed me right now. Demir Doppelganger, a one blue black shapeshifter. That's a zero two. That says pay one a blue and a black. Remove target creature in a graveyard from the game. In a graveyard. <laughs> And then Demir Doppelganger becomes a copy of that card and gains his ability, which is yeah. bonkers. 
Because there's no tap on that. No. If you have the right amount of mana, you can just chew through someone's graveyard, but also just clone their best dead thing. <laughs> like, for three mana, what? <laughs> Remember that, uh, and I've seen it used this way, uh, because Sean uh, used to run a lot of mill decks, and or used to run a specific mill deck, his Lazav deck, which is a work of art. Oh god, that deck's so uh, good. When the Eldrazi's hit... <laughs> hit the yard their abilities are triggered and so they're in the yard long enough for demir doppelganger to become an eldrazi titan <laughs> and exile it. it's so bad it's, yeah, so it's really bad it's really it's wonderful yeah if you haven't seen demir doppelganger in action maybe uh maybe maybe we'll treat you to that i am not looking forward to that <laughs> <laughs> this next card is a, a staple in a lot of combo decks the eye of the storm an enchantment for five blue blue and uh this basically says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell you put it you put it on the eye of the storm you remove it from the game and then that player copies each instant or sorcery card removed from the game including that one that was just cast i've seen some bonkers chains in here and this card is on this list Wait, primarily each because one? of that each one dude that's each one that's real and, silly yeah, and you don't pay your the mana cost for these, and you just go and and what happens is the chain of cards becomes so convoluted and so like we have had to document the chain of cards on a whiteboard in order to understand what was happening, and then each person who joined with an instant or sorcery, well, with an instant because they're joining in, we had to write down all of the effects they got and in what order because they happen in a specific order, so. <laughs> It, it's basically a way to grind the game to a halt, and but it does it in a way that is absolutely crazy and chaotic. Uh, usually there's a counter spell thrown into the mix. It just goes nuts. It just goes nuts. <laughs> you should you should play with some, uh, some of the people down here. I didn't realize that said every card. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's on this list. It's like... <laughs> That's absurd. It is nuts. It's nuts. And if you have this end possibility storm... Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, and like that uh, one card that we have a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you done a lot of uh, dredging? You know what, man? I had Life from Loam in my uh, in my Titania deck, but I I don't understand dredging. I don't get it. It's like oh, something man. that you. I feel like you're either all in or you're not in at all because there's no there's no halfway with dredging. Yeah, I've got both of these cards, Golgari Grave Troll and Life from the Loam, in uh, the Mimeoplasm because um, it just it's just rocket fuel for the Mimeoplasm. Oh yeah, I because believe if that. I if I'm not able to mill other people, I just mill myself, and I've got a lot of really good stuff in that deck. But the way Dredge works, of course, is the Golgari Grave Troll, which has been banned and unbanned in Modern a couple of times. It has Dredge six. So whenever you would draw a card, instead, you can do this. You can <laughs> you can take Golgari Grave Troll out of the graveyard and put it into your hand. And then you take the top six cards of your library and put it into the graveyard. And uh, the Life from the Loam is Dredge 3. And they each have other effects, but that's the primary effect is the Dredge. Life from the Loam is much more useful than Golgari Grave Troll in most instances because you get to return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. So 
on your draw step, instead of drawing a card, you just go, oh, I'm going to dredge life from the loam. And so you pull life from the loam, <laughs> life from the loam back into your hand, put the top three cards of your library in, and then you look at your, your graveyard and you're like, huh, there's some land cards in there. And you look knowingly around the table, cast life from the loam for two mana, return those cards to your hand, play one of those land cards, next turn, dredge again. Yeah, and in Titania or like Gitrog or something, or Lord Windgrace, it is silly. It is silly it is. to be able to just recycle and get your lands back, especially since Gitrog is like draw a card whenever a land goes to the graveyard from anywhere. Gosh, I wonder yeah. what card they were thinking of when they made that. <laughs> and Life from the Loam is also like, hey, you know, I'll strip mine your thing and then loam it back. You yep. know, and I could do this forever. It combos great with cards that let you play multiple lands a turn, with cards that are like crucible. And in a dread strategy or like a self-mill strategy where you benefit from having things dumped in the yard, the dredge cards are basically as good as they get. Yeah, they are. Like Golgari Gravetoll is effectively a draw six if you're playing a yep. deck that makes use of it. Yeah, if you're doing graveyard shenanigans, the uh, GGT needs to be in there. Unless you're just not playing green for whatever reason. That reason probably being something broke in your head. <laughs> now, <laughs> in the entirely opposite direction, uh -huh. there's the Boros Stalwart Master Warcraft. It's such a good card. It's an instant for two and two Boros, so four mana. And play it only before attackers are declared. You can <laughs> choose which creatures attack this turn, and you choose how each creature blocks this turn. Now, oh, it's not oh. your attack step. It's any attack step. It's not your creatures. It's any creatures. Any creatures. You can use this instant, which also works great off an Isochron Scepter, uh, and decide <laughs> other people's turns. It can be like, hey, you know, there's four of us. I'm going next. So I'm going to force you to attack him with all yeah. of your cards. And then I'm just going to alpha strike you next turn. Because guess what? You're tapped out. You know, it's a real shame if that blood artist over there happens to attack. Oh, gosh. Something happens to it. It's a real shame. Really sorry that I had to tap down all of your um, your mana dorks to attack into his, you know, 12-12 beasts over there. But, you know, someone's just got to take that sacrifice, and I'm afraid you got to at the front <laughs> of the line. Uh, the, the Boros will remember your name. Yes. <laughs> what for, was your name for, again? You know, a turn. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Seriously, this card is dumb. It doesn't get played yeah. nearly enough, but that's also because Boros doesn't get played nearly enough. Fun trivia. This is uh, an in honor of Warcraft. Really? Yeah. I can't imagine. I thought it was in honor of a master. Get it? Because it's master, Warcraft. So the next card. <laughs> next card is Mind Leech Mass, which costs eight. It's five and a blue and black black. And it says that whenever it does combat damage to a player, you can look in that player's hand and uh, <laughs> play a non-land card in it for free. <laughs> And it's a it's a six six with trample. Yeah, but it costs like eight. Yeah, but it's a six six with trample, and if you can hit it. Oh my goodness! Well, I've seen this used again with uh, Sean's horrible decks, and this is about to go into the Mimeoplasm too. I finally picked up a Mind Leech Mass. I found it somewhere. Basically, you play it, you strap some boots on it, and then you attack in, into somebody who can uh, not block it fully. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah it's fantastic i've seen it play in avacyn give it some unblockability um, and just go to town yeah you just go to town and you're in blue black so it's not like you're short on ways to make it unblockable yeah i mean like whisper silk cloak blah blah blah, blah. you all know the ways this card yeah. is silly and there's definitely ways to cheat it out because it is in black that means that there's ways to reanimate it or do whatever you want to do it just leads to a lot of fun situations 
fun for you. Well, look, man, if you thought the card was good enough to play in your deck, why wouldn't I play it? That's right. <laughs> Moving on, we have You're one shifting of... Demir. That's a very Demir sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I feel like since the Void hit uh, the podcast, somebody has had to start this creeping swamp, and I feel like it's overtaking me slowly. But one of the other weirdo good cards that shows up in Commander basically only, Mind Moil, <laughs> which is one yeah, of the funnest cards ever. Uh, it showed up again recently uh, on the Sphinx named Arjun and uh, Mind Moil, a four and a red for an enchantment. Whenever you play a spell, put the cards in your hand on the bottom of your library in any order and then draw that many cards. You can do silly things if you're just chaining through your deck. And <laughs> effectively, after playing a handful of like instants or whatever, you've just gone through and restacked your deck exactly the way you want. Not to mention just having a fresh hand every time. Yeah. Now, this doesn't draw you cards, so you can eventually run out of cards. But man, it's a fun way to go. Like, you could do some dumb things with Mind Moil. You're basically cycling your entire deck. It's just glorious. Yes, exactly that. And uh, just remember that you'll need some way to actually replenish your hand in order to take full advantage of this. Because if you cast one thing from it and then Mind Moil that to the bottom and your hand to the bottom, eventually you're Mind Moiling nothing to the bottom. Yes, there is that. But I mean, like, I've seen a lot of people play this card in, like, weird is-it decks that are basically red-blue combo decks that do a lot of just, I don't know, weird combo nonsense with, like, drawing a ton of cards and then storming off or something. Whenever you see this card show up, you just know that the person piloting it has some bizarre, tricksy nonsense coming out, and it's going to be a fun time for everybody. <laughs> it gets silly and nasty. <laughs> I see it a lot in Nekasar decks. Hey, so have you used this next uh, card? Why, yes, Phil. I, in fact, have <laughs> used this next card. The equipment Sunforger for uh, three colorless. Uh, equip creature gets plus four, plus zero, which is already pretty great because it's got an equip cost of three. But that's not why you play it, even though that's a really good reason to play it. Why you're playing it is because for a red and a white, you can unattach Sunforger at basically instant speed. Search your library for a red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less and play that card without paying its mana cost. Which is to say, if I've got, <laughs> let's say, 45 soldiers on the table and you decide that you want to, I don't know, Wrath of God, I can drop my Sunforger off and go grab Boros Charm and give everybody Indestructible. It's fantastic. This is maybe one of the best red-white support cards ever printed. It should be in any deck that's got those two colors if you've even got like two targets for it, it's worth it just because the body itself is good. The plus four plus O is great. But being able to just pull out an instant from anywhere for four or less is just so, so powerful. Yeah, it really is. You spend five mana to get a four mana rebate, but really what you're doing is just you're able to instantly, at instant speed, grab any instant and tutor it from your deck and cast yeah, it. Yeah, it's just the fact that you Ugh. can tutor an instant for free, basically... It has saved my bacon more than once. You never know when you need that one utility card. And God knows, red and white have plenty of utility cards. Like, I've even used that to, like, do things like, you know, pull out a, like, a lightning bolt you need at the last minute to just blow up something. Yeah. Or disenchant or whatever. So I've seen sword supply shares. Yeah. It turns out five mana to exile an indestructible Avacyn attacking you or some other creature like a indestructible um, Eldrazi Titan. <laughs> well worth it. It's... It's good, man. Sunforger yeah. is just one of those cards that gets a lot of respect, but really should get more respect than it does. 
What's this next one, Phil? This next one is a combo card that I know how to use it. I just don't ever choose to use it. It's Tunnel Vision. And uh, you name a card and uh, target player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until the named card is revealed. And if it is, that player puts the rest of the revealed cards into his or her graveyard and puts the named card on top of their library. And otherwise, the player shuffles their library. And so what this is used basically is to viciously mill somebody out because you can find ways to put a card at the bottom of their library and then tunnel vision down to that card so that the only card they have remaining to them is that card. So they basically draw, and if you have additional draw effects, they draw an extra card and then they're done on there. On their draw step. It's really pretty mean. Very funny when it happens the first time. Not so much the second time or the third time or the fourth time, but whatever. You can enjoy this. Jeez. Yeah. In in a similar, I've always wanted to play this next card because you and I play a lot of tokens, right? And uh, uh, so Warp yep. World <laughs> is a is a win the game sorcery basically for five red red red. Each player shuffles every permanent you own into your library and then reveal that many cards from the top of your library and put all permanents in a particular order onto the battlefield uh, that are revealed this way. So if you have a whole bunch of tokens and your opponent has a couple of game-winning cards out, you just warp world and your opponent gets like five or six or ten things back and you get 15, 20 so you usually end up with an advantage if you're a token runner. Warp World is just one of those cards that comes down onto a table and everybody <laughs> just groans. Because by the yeah. time it comes out, everybody's got like 800 things on the table. And it's just like, oh, God, I have this plan. Yeah. I have this whole setup. And now it's just who the hell knows what's going to happen. Yep, yep. I've seen it used as a, kind of a Hail Mary where you're just pulling the ripcord to see if uh, you can bail out of a situation. And it's both worked and, of course, I've also seen it where the warp world returns some of the bad things that were out on the battlefield that you wanted to go away. I hate this card, but I also love this card, and I super respect anybody who plays it, just because it does stupid, stupid... I love chaos. This is the most chaotic card ever. <laughs> it's pretty chaotic. Ah, oh, it's such a good card. This and Possibility Storm are uh, good for the yucks. And they're definitely staples in Commander, man. Yeah. Like, there's always one guy in the table who wants to play Warped World. Just yep. Some people just like to watch your deck shuffle. Now add an Eye of the Storm into the mix. <sighs> Ta-da. And a mind moil. And then just <laughs> get let's get crazy in here. At that point, the game breaks and I scoop. Yeah, no. This uh this next card's a classic. Ah uh, yes. This card is like a vintage legacy modern staple, basically. And useful for our format too. Putrefy for one green and black. An instant that says destroy target artifact or creature can't be regenerated. Very simple, very clean, does exactly what it says on the tin. It's one of the great removal spells, right? Like, just yeah, it is. hands down. Yeah, it's really good because it destroys an artifact. And if it were just like destroy target creature, it would be it would be pretty weak. But being able to destroy an artifact means that, you know, that nasty artifact comes down and you know it's a combo piece and you just get to zap it now. Yeah. And uh, the flexibility of killing a creature is really what makes that worthwhile. Because again, if it just removed an artifact, it wouldn't be worthwhile. But artifact and creature? Nice. Yeah, it's one of the just the solid utility cards. Yeah, it is. But speaking of, and I think we're going to wrap up with these... First off, I wanted to bring up one of the great ramp cards, one of the staples of EDH, Farseek, which is a sorcery for one green that says search your library for a plains, island, swamp, or mountain card and put it into play tapped, and then shuffle your library. Now, what this means is it doesn't say basic, 
So it can grab any of your dual lands, any of your shock lands, any of your cycling lands, any of your anything that says Plains Island Mountain or Swamp. And because of the way Farseek is written and it's green, it can theoretically get any of all 10 color combinations worth of cards. It's just one of the most important utility ramp spells ever printed. It's fantastic. It is. It's underrated. I find some metas have never seen Farseek and don't use it, but those are generally metas that don't have access to dual lands. Mm. It's too bad the original Ravnica set didn't print any dual lands. One of the things people tend to forget about Farseek is that because it just says Plains Island Mountain Swamp and doesn't have the colors, it can be used in a green deck that's of any color including mono green, even though you don't want to use a mono green, because it doesn't have the color (laughs) mana symbols on it. And that's one of the things the rules of commander say that you can use this just because it says the words. But what would you pull with a Farseek, Phil? Well, I'm surprised. I lobbed this at you there, Shivam, and I said, it's too bad the original Ravnica set didn't print any dual lands that this could fetch. Ravnica didn't print duels? What are you talking about? You mean the the gates? Uh, no, it turns out there are better cards than gates, like almost everything, including basic lands. <laughs> what I was uh, s- setting up for you was the cycle of shock lands. Basically, the most accessible, greatest dual lands there are next to the originals? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Overgrown Tomb, uh, Sacred Foundry, all of those cards all of that those. Uh, come into play tapped unless you pay two life that are a land slash two land types and tap for one of those two colors. Like Overgrown Tomb is a swamp forest that taps for green or black. Comes into play unless you pay two life. Yeah. We all know what these cards are. We all use them. They are fundamental staples of our format. And they're being reprinted. And they're being reprinted. So if you don't have full playsets, now is the best possible time. And the artwork for the new ones is so good that even though I do have full playsets, I'm going to go get more. Yeah, same. Because I love these new artworks. This uh, this is really cool. Two life is nothing. And I love the flexibility so that if you're using Farseek, which puts it into play tapped, you don't have to worry about the, uh, the two life cost. And it still goes and fetches this. All of the fetch lands, all of the go get a forest cards, all of the, you know, go get a basic land type. These are fantastic. These shocks are are much needed by our decks, by our format. And I'm so happy that they're reprinting them. You know, even though, again, I have a whole bunch of these, and frankly, if you look at it in terms of finance, like, we're losing a bunch of money. But it doesn't matter because a lot of people need access to this. You need these cards. You you absolutely do. These are not good cards to return to your hand <laughs> with the Bounce Land cycle. The Bounce Lands from Ravnica are fantastic in EDH. Uh, What they are is like with Boris Garrison we've got here. uh, (laughs) Comes into play tapped. When it comes to play, you return a land you control to its owner's hand and then you can tap this guy for two mana, one of each of the two colors that the card represents. So Boris gets a red and a uh, white. Yes. And one of the things I like to do when I play this is to bounce my scry land so that I can get more utility out of it. Yeah, I do that too. Or like, you know, your colony garden, get another random plant token or any of these random utility lands that do something when they come into play. Great targets for bouncing with Boros Carousel. Vivid lands. Or even a tapped island or something. Whatever you just used is great. Yeah, if you return a basic land that's already tapped, you're actually ramping because the next turn you can play that basic land and now you're one mana ahead of where you were. If you return the vivid lands to your hand or any of the like gemstone mine and so forth, basically you're replenishing the, the number of counters on them. Of course, you have to do the gemstone mine before it runs out of counters, but still. Yeah, these are really useful. A lot of people are like, I would never play them. 
well, you're making a mistake because this is just really useful. Yeah, no, these cards are great. If your opening hand is basically spells you can't cast, a basic land, and one of these bounce lands, then you will be crying a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I've definitely been there. I have just recently been there, actually. So Ravnica, the set, R-A-V. What do you think, Shivam? I mean, it's one of the fundamental sets of magic, right? Like some of the cards in here are permanent staples in EDH. A lot of the cards in here that we didn't even talk about are just phenomenal cards. Yeah. I mean, the set is just a gem. It's like the block itself is one of the best blocks they've ever, ever made. And there's so many good cards in there that we could sit here basically for hours and just go card by card. I mean, for God's sake, Birds of Paradise was reprinted in this set. Yeah. So like you said uh, earlier too, we will, I think, I think it'll be a neat synchronicity if every new set in the new Ravnica block comes out or when every new set in the new Ravnica block comes out, we go back in time and we talk about what's the next one is uh, Guild Pact. And then the third one is Dissension. They're crazy. You'll see there are a lot of really good cards in them. We didn't even talk about the legends. The legends in this set were, eh, they're okay. I've seen a few of them as commanders in EDH. I've seen Savra a few times. Yeah, Savra and Sadek and uh, maybe one other. But the legends, not great as commanders. But but I mean, you do see cards like Vizugati, the city tree that lets you make, the land that lets you make sapperlings, for instance. Yeah. Tulsimir Wolfblood I've seen show up a few times. Yeah. But I mean, look, like the legends were not great in this set. They're significantly better in later Ravnica sets. But man, there's so much. I mean, we didn't even talk about the guild mages. The Silesian guild mage, for instance, still shows up. It's still one of the great cards of EDH. Well, maybe we'll have to mention them next time. If we do put the video up, people are going to realize why we edit so much. <laughs> <laughs> so it is time to say goodbye, Shiva. Alas. Our listeners rock. We really... Really appreciate all of you. Like we were saying before, reach out to us. That's great. Thank you very much for hanging out with us this long. It's it's really just a wonderful experience, and we love sharing it with you. A special thanks to our patrons, our Patroni. It's amazing. They show their support every week by donating to us, and we love you folks, and we could not do the show without you. So thank you. We're very grateful. And uh, we will try to continue improving. And actually, we've had so many requests, both from Patroni and from other listeners and people we've run into GPs. They want to see us play, which is why we are now launching the GoFundMe in order to bring you a video series of Brawl, Commander, Commander variants. And we're just going to have a blast. We actually have the cast for the first season already lined up and we need your support. So please go to GoFundMe.com and search for Commander and MTG. And we really, really are grateful. Absolutely. We've had some pretty uh, spectacular donations recently from some awesome people. We just want to say thank you. You can reach us by going to our website, CommanderAndMTG.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. This episode was edited by David Mitchell. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to tech whizzes Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards.
Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. And uh, in addition to all of those thanks, we want to thank Mike Condon, the editor of the Brothers War podcast, for the guitar version of our theme song, which was, of course, written by Nate Burgess for the podcast. Shivam, do you want to take us out? We definitely appreciate you coming. We're super grateful for everybody. And thank you once again for listening to Commanderin. Not always accurate, but always entertaining.